All right, before we roll the intro and get into this episode of School PR Happy Hour, Aaron and I wanted to let a special friend of the show and my favorite BFF, Kristen Boyd Edwards, know that we are Team KBE. Kristen, if anyone can conquer this obstacle, it's you. We love you, and just know that School PR Happy Hour and all of School PR is on Team KBE. School PR professionals spend a week or two each year networking, if they're lucky. We pour into this professional development and the conversations drive us in our work. Collaboration is one of the best parts of our job, but then we go back to our daily work and the buzz of bright conversations and innovation starts to wear off. Welcome to School PR Happy Hour. We seek to create a shared space of collaboration and an opportunity to continue those conversations long after the closing sessions of our state and national conferences. We are a community, a community of communicators that lean on each other in hard times and learn from each other regularly. This podcast is about just that, getting to know each other better and sharing our passions about furthering education one story at a time. All right, welcome back into another episode of School PR Happy Hour. I am excited today to have a conversation that we tried to have at the Teesper Conference, but someone was too popular for me to get into her remote room for her <laughs> round table. And uh, today we've got Christina Bumgartner, APR, here today to talk a little bit about content strategy, content calendars, and kind of the way she approaches the stories that she shares. Christina, thanks for joining me today, and thanks for coming on School PR Happy Hour. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Justin. Awesome. So why don't we start off like we do every episode? Why don't you give me a little background on how you got into school PR and got into the position you're at today? Sure. So I started my career in PR back in 2006. I was still in college and I had worked on a local political campaign. And after we won, uh, one of the guys that was going to be working um, for the gentleman who had just gotten elected came to me and said, I want to hire you. I want to put you in our public information office. I think PR is going to be your thing. And at that point I was saying, my career is going to be in policy. Um, I actually have a bachelor's in political science and a master's in public policy. So I thought I was going into legislation and doing all of that. And 15 years later, here I am still working in public relations. So I guess he knew what he was talking about. And so I spent the first about 10 years of my career working for elected officials, doing their communications, community relations, outreach. And then when the congressman that I was um, working for as his communications director, he lost his election back in 2014. And I wound up having the opportunity to go work for a uh, public school district. It's pre-K through 12 here on Long Island. And I took the opportunity and haven't looked back since in the last six years. Awesome. So that's kind of uh, that's a fun story. I didn't know that you were you had done campaigns before that. That's fine. That's something I've done once, and it was just a buddy who was running in a small town. He's like, "Hey, we be my campaign person." I'm like, "What does that mean?" Like, it, that's that was my background, yeah. and so it, that would uh, that sounds like it, that would be a fun thing. And you're also currently very involved with uh, Long Island Spra, correct? Your vice president right now. Is that correct? Yes, I yes. am the vice president for Suffolk County of the Long Island School Public Relations Association. Um, we don't officially call ourselves a SPRA, um, but we are the the Long Island School Public Relations Association, and we have a great group up here on Long Island 
we've really supported each other um, for as long as I've been involved in it. Um, there's been a really great level of support and that's really grown over the last year in the way that we've been able to come together to help each other through all of this coronavirus situation and being able to sort of share ideas and share knowledge and help each other through what has been a very challenging year in school PR. Well, awesome. Well, let's get into today's topic. Uh, a little background information is we, you know, we had our Teespring conference, I guess over a month ago now. Wow. And um, yeah. I had the, I don't know if it was privilege or the voluntold uh, opportunity <laughs> to, um, to host the round tables. And we did it this year on a platform. We did virtual round tables and we invited, um, different folks to come in and present from vendors to, you know, uh, spread colleagues and things like that on different topics. And we, um, did it on a platform called Remo. So after each 20 minute segment, I would pop up and have to come up with something to say to launch into the next 20 minute segment. And, you know, we're all in our hotel rooms. Very odd. It was just a, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I was exhausted after it was over. But every time I kept trying to jump into your room to hear your talk on content calendar and kind of your strategy on how you're doing things, you know, in a regular day, but also during this whole pandemic and uh, never could get in. I guess the eight seat rule filled up real quick for you. So I figured immediately, hey, we're going to get you on the podcast. And I'm just going to get it there because I've got you in a room and you have to talk to me. So so let's start and just kind of talk about um, about your your calendar strategy that you have and what you shared at Teespra. And we'll just kind of see where it organically goes from there. Sure. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the experience of presenting at Teespra. Um, it was the first time that I presented outside of, you know, either a, a New York School PR Association conference or a national one. And it was a lot of fun. And you guys did a great job putting that together. And that Remo platform, it has to be one of my favorite digital platforms that I've used during this whole oh. pandemic. Um, it was, it was very cool. We were, we're, um, I mean, it'd be, if you haven't checked it out, you should check it out just because it'd be great for job fairs, be great for trainings. I mean, yeah. it's, I know there's a lot of people that left that conference saying, man, we need to know how, what that was, how you used it and kind of what we can do with it. And we just, we enjoy, it was fun. I mean, the whole hosting yeah. side of it was, was interesting just because without, I mean, there was that, I don't know if you saw it from your end, but there was that awkward moment where it took like 15 seconds for my mic to unmute. So I'm just kind of staring at the mic like, I know y'all can see me. This is really odd. But other than that, that was really my only hiccup with it. I was like, I just need to talk so I can get this over with. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, my only my only downside to the whole situation was that I wish I had actually been in Texas. Um, that would have been a really uh, nice addition to the whole conference experience. But Oh yeah. COVID. We did it in person um, and it went down. Okay. I guess. I mean, we haven't heard any horror stories afterwards. So safety precautions were there and we, uh, it was good to get together and see people, especially people that you knew were going through the same rough mm -hmm. school year that you were going through. There was moments you could tell people were like, sessions. Great. How about I just sit on this couch and breathe for a second? And, yeah. and, and there was a lot of just sitting in like almost like a little detox like time for a lot of people at that conferences. We'd just sit around, spread out across the whole, lobby of this hotel and just kind of you could just see on everybody's face was okay we've got like two days to we're still working but we got two days to breathe a little bit and that was much needed yeah. I know for me so we enjoyed that yeah and it was um I really enjoyed the experience I'm super passionate about using content calendars it's something that I wish that I had had in my toolbox going back to 2006 when I first started doing PR. 
And it's something that I learned about actually at an INSPRA conference. Um, I forget exactly which one, but it was Trinette Marquis from California who was doing a presentation about um, different things that you can do to maximize your PR shop. And one of the tools that she had mentioned was a content calendar. And I took that when I got back to my district and just sort of sat with it for a little while and then came up with the version of it that made the most sense for what I was doing. So if you're not familiar with content calendars, basically what it is, is just a way to organize the stories that you're telling for your district or your organization. And news crews, um, news organizations have been using these for years to sort of tailor the stories between what we're going to tell on the 5 a.m. broadcast, the noon broadcast, the 5 p.m. and the 11 p.m., right? So you see the same stories basically on every broadcast of the news, but if you look at them, you'll see that each story is a little bit different depending on which broadcast it's on. So they've been using content calendars to help them do that. And the idea of taking them and moving them into the PR world, I think is really awesome because how many times do we find ourselves struggling to figure out, do I have enough stories for this week? Do I have enough stories for next week? And one of the things that I love about these calendars, the way that I use it, and again, these things are so flexible, they can be whatever you need them to be. But the way that I use it is on a daily basis to track what stories I'm telling day by day. So I can use it not just for um, organizing my stories and collecting all of my content, but also to help me plan and be able to see, okay, this week I need to really push some of my folks and find out where are the stories happening this week because I don't have enough stories to tell to meet my goal. Awesome. So let's, let's, let's break that down a little bit. So when you're talking about, sure. um, you know, your different areas that you're telling stories, obviously you're telling stories about the academics and the things that are going on in your district. What platforms are you utilizing? And I guess, you know, and I know, I know you for, I know you, so I know that what you're sharing on Facebook is going to look a little different than what you're sharing on Twitter or Instagram, but what goes into those decisions kind of like, cause I used to work in news. So I totally get the, you know, four o'clock news story versus the five o'clock. It's the same story, but it's told a little different. It's a different package so that people aren't seeing the same thing everywhere. Um, what kind of strategy do you have behind what you're showing on Instagram or Twitter, whichever platforms you're using versus the way it looks on maybe the website and maybe Facebook and how does that correlate with your, your, your content calendar? Sure. So the most important thing when you're creating your content calendar is to start with your goals in mind, right? So it's like any other tool in your toolbox that your tools don't drive your goals your goals determine how you use the tools, which is one of the things that I love about the content calendar because the platform that I'm using is Google Sheets. And the reason that I use Google Sheets is because I have one person that works with me on all of our social media. So I'm creating the content and scheduling the content. And then this other individual is the one who's actually pushing post on it because we do post our stuff live. We don't tend to schedule our posts. So the, um, the platform Google Sheets allows me to share it with another person very easily so that we can both edit it in real time. And the, um, <clears throat> sorry, 
the other thing that's really great about it is that from year to year, I can go back and, and sort of amend the calendar as I need to. I can add columns. I can take away columns. So what I'm doing on my, on my Google sheet is I have one section that's for our website. And what we tend to do on our website is tell the full story and we include one picture. That's been our strategy because that's what looks nicest on our website. On Facebook, we also tend to tell the longer story. We do tell longer form stories when we have them on our Facebook. And we then include as many photos as we have for that story. So if we need to create a Facebook album, or if we need to just include multiple pictures with that post, uh, we tend to do that on Facebook. And then we use Twitter as well in our district. We don't use Instagram yet. It's something that we've looked at. Um, but again, the strategy is how you use, the strategy determines how you use the tools, not the tools driving your strategy. So we have not yet come up with a, um, a strategy for how Instagram would work best for our district. So we just don't use it at this point. And so on Twitter, when I'm putting my content into my calendar, and this is one of the things that I absolutely love about it because everything is all in one place. I put all of our tags. I put any hashtags that we want to use with that post right into that content calendar when I'm creating that copy for Twitter. And so the person who's then posting it just has to copy and paste. They don't have to call me and say, what hashtags am I supposed to use with this? Is there anybody I'm supposed to tag in it? And if I'm writing a story a week out or two weeks out from when it's going to be posted, I don't then have to go back two weeks from now when it's actually being posted and try to remember who I'm supposed to tag or what hashtags I'm supposed to be using for that. So That's it awesome. allows me to have all on. Yeah. It's, it's so nice to have it all in one place. And the other really great thing about it and having it in Google sheets and having it be so accessible is that I can go back. So if I'm working on something and I'm thinking, Oh, I want to include this story that happened six months ago. It was last school year. What was that about again? I can go back and just pull all of the copy that I need to then put it into whatever report I'm working on. And I can pull all of the pictures right there and not have to go and search through eight different folders to try to find stuff. Awesome. So let's, uh, I'm going to dive even deeper because now I'm just taking notes. So, um, <laughs> so what is your, your, um, like your time frame? Like, are you, cause I know with us and Carol and a lot of both districts I've worked in, honestly, we were very big on news happening now happens now. So as the video mm -hmm. guy in my old district, um, you know, it was, it was, it took me back to my news days of, okay, so something happened at 10, we're going to have it ready to release by two. And that's fully packaged, fully edited, fully, you know, ready to go videos going out. Cause I, my first couple of years, that's really all I did was just video, not a ton of writing, not a ton of social media. I was, I mean, my kid called me the video guy for the district cause I didn't go anywhere without a camera. Um, so what is your time frame? So, because I just heard you say, you know, we want to look at a story that we did six months ago to relate to the story you're doing now. So, is there a limit on, you know, how long? Like, if something happened last week, is it something that still sharing this week, or is it like an instantaneous share? Kind of like, what is your strategy from that standpoint of sharing those stories? It depends on the story. So, there are some. I, I sort of split my content into a couple of different buckets in terms of the timeliness of sharing it. So we have some content that I call evergreen content that no matter when I share that story, 
it's going to be relevant to our audience. It doesn't have any kind of ties to a calendar date or to something that's happening. So I can share that whenever I need some filler content. Then there's other content that needs to be shared in a more timely manner or that we want to share in a more timely manner so that it has more of an impact on the audience. So what I'll do when I'm planning my calendar is I go in and I know that based on my communications plan, we have eight buildings in our district. We have about 6,000 students. So I know that we want to share as much content as we can from each of our buildings. And so I set a goal in my communications plan of five stories a day on our website and social media. Actually, I'm sorry. It's five, five posts on social media a day. And I think it was three posts um, on our website every day. So the, the thing that that does is it allows me to then go in and start setting, okay, here are the five empty lines for April 1st. So I know that I need to fill those five empty lines. Well, the first thing I do is I go and I look at my calendar and I look and see, okay, are there any athletic events that day? Because we like to do game day posts to remind people, here are our home games, here are our away games, come cheer for our kids or go to these away games and cheer for our kids. So I know, okay, I have away athletic events today. I need to do an away post. So that takes up one of my slots. Then I know, <clears throat> then I know that we have um, something that's timely, an event, a big event that's happening that goes on the calendar for that day. And so I know that I can then go in and fill in, you know, maybe two or three other evergreen stories that I have sitting in my hopper. And we try not to let them sit for too long. I mean, we're usually trying to tell them within a couple weeks of them happening. Um, some, even those evergreen stories, we try to tell them within a week or two of them actually happening. Um, sometimes they go out a little bit later, depending on how many stories we have. And sometimes if we have sort of an influx, there were a couple points last year where I had such an influx of content that we were doing anywhere from eight to 10 posts a day just to share all of it and not have it sit for too long. Okay. So I'm, I'm baffled right now. Not like in a bad way. I'm just, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, cause we, we, uh, in my current district, in my old, my old district, we, we were two posts a day, one, two on Facebook, two on Twitter. So those five mm -hmm. individual, like, or is it a total of five? So three Twitter, two Facebook, or is it five on each? First, that's the no, first question. Second, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say it's, um, and actually I'm, I'm totally off on my, it's at least one website story a day, which is usually something that's happening in a classroom or a large event that's happening. And usually we wind up having more than that. Um, yeah. And then we're doing, so we're sharing most of our content we're sharing across all of our channels. So okay. if we have, let's say we have a story about Mrs. Smith's fifth grade class doing a math lesson. We're sharing that on the website. We're sharing that on Facebook and we're sharing that on Twitter. If we have something like a game day post, that's only being shared on Facebook and Twitter. So gotcha some of the content is being shared across all of the channels and some of them we're only sharing on certain channels. And even still, we know that our audience on Twitter, you know, there are certain things that they're not looking for. So certain things we'll only share on Facebook because we know that's where the majority of our parents are. And if that's who we're trying to target with a message, we may only share that on Facebook and not push it out to Twitter. And I'm guessing you also save your 
content calendars from each year so you can look back and see, okay, so around this time last year we had kindergarten registration yeah. or we had cool. So um shifting gears just a little bit when we were talking pre-show about um what we were going to talk about on the show, uh we talked a little bit about you know, strategy on content and how you go about what, what you're going to share, how you're going to share it. I guess my first question here is, I mean, it sounds like you're putting a ton of stories out, which is awesome. And that's what we all want to do. And I don't know if this is becoming a trend in, in my shows the last three months. I think I've asked this question to everybody who's been on, but how are you going about getting these stories? Is it relationships you've, relationships you've built? Is it like a, I mean, with Nicole, who was with us last month, she has an ambassador program where she has people sharing stories from the campuses but to have this much information outside of the athletic stuff, because you have the calendars, you've got to be getting quite a bit of like intel from folks around the district. So how do you go about gathering these stories and deciding, hey, this is something we need to share, or this is something maybe you can share on your campus Twitter if you have one, or campus Facebook? So our strategy, and, and it's funny that you say that with the campus Twitter or the campus Facebook, because sometimes that's where I'm pulling my stories from are the Twitter accounts that our buildings have. And also we have a number of teachers who are tweeting from their classrooms. So our strategy, um, we, have a, we have a district hashtag that's dream lead achieve. And so our strategy has two aims. It's to make sure that the stories that we're telling show that our students are being helped to dream, taught to lead and um, helped to achieve so that they can, you know, really leave our schools and build the future of our country and our world. And so we try to, you know, we try to tell a lot of these stories around that theme of dream lead achieve and all of the different things that that means, because all of our students, as you know, working in a school for all of our students, each of those things is going to mean different things. So we try to show the whole picture. The other thing is that we very much believe in helping drive parent engagement through the stories that we're telling. So, and I'm sure you've, I mean, you have a young daughter. I'm sure you've experienced this even, even um, at her young age that she comes home from school and you say, what'd you do at school today? And you might hear about gym class. You might hear about recess. Maybe you hear about lunch. and as kids get older, sometimes all parents get from them is nothing. I didn't do anything in school today. But we know that when parents are able to be engaged in their children's education, children are going to perform better. So if we can help parents change that conversation so that they're no longer having the conversation of what did you do at school today, but instead having the conversation of, hey, tell me about this thing that I saw your class do on Facebook. Or tell me about this story that I saw on the website. I think your class was involved in it. Or it was another fifth grade class. Did your class do the same thing? We're able to change that conversation so that parents are able to engage in their child's education in a different way and, and maybe in a more, um, a more effective way as the kids get older and they're maybe not getting as many um, details from their students if all they ask is, what did you do at school today? We're giving them an additional tool to be able to be engaged in what their child is learning. Hey, school PR friends, Erin here. We are so excited to welcome back Class Intercom as our sponsor for season two of School PR Happy Hour. Last year, we told you about how Class Intercom allows for content creation with students in a safe and carefully curated way, and that's true. 
But did you know that Class Intercom is actually a comprehensive social media management tool? That means no more hopping from app to app to schedule your content. To learn more, head to classintercom.com and get started today. And that, that is, I think that's going to be the nugget of the episode right there is engaging the parents to have that conversation. Because I know you said I have, I have a second grader right now and her kindergarten teacher was, I mean, we set the bar high with the first teacher she ever had. Like, let's just put that, like that first year teacher was awesome. And we, you know, the first couple of weeks of school, which I'll do at school today. And she's so excited to be in school because she's a kindergartner. But by nine weeks in, you know, it was PE class. Like you said, we went to lunch and- mm-hmm. I could say, oh, did you? I saw that y'all cut out flowers and dissected what a tulip looked like from the inside. What was that about? And she's like, how do you know that? Like, it's almost like we're, we're invading their space by doing this, but it's conversations that need to be had. So I just, I think that whole mm-hmm. thing you just said there is the nugget of this whole episode. And um, I want to give you an opportunity before we do tag out and end the show to talk a little bit about a project you're working on. Um, and talk about your podcast that you're doing and uh, kind of tell the listeners where they can find it and how they can hear, listen to it. So with the Long Island School Public Relations Association, we were looking for a way to amplify our members' voices and to share the things that our members have been working on. And we've got members that, I mean, even just through the process of trying to find Um, some guests for this podcast that we launched, I learned things about our members that I didn't know. And so we launched um, in the fall, we launched this podcast, Communicating Education, and it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and probably a couple of other platforms. I know you can find it on Anchor as well, because that's um, that's the platform that we distribute it from. And so it was really, it's, it started as a way to amplify our membership's voices. And then it's also morphed into a way to share the voices of, of those outside of the Long Island region with our membership as well, so that they can learn from the things that people are doing in other areas of the country. And it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, I've, I've learned some stuff about our new members. Um, I mean, not learned some new stuff about our members. And so it's been a really fun experience. That's awesome. Yeah. See, I, I mean, you know, I love podcasting. I presented about it. We started one. I think this is the probably eighth different show I've hosted since we started, I started doing this 10 years ago. And I just think it has, I mean, I think the the show you're doing along with the, this school PR happy hour, it has a way of just connecting folks that maybe, especially in a year like this, don't have an opportunity mm-hmm. to connect. Like, I mean, like people listening to this episode, we're, they're not obviously involved in the conversation we are having, but they relate to the conversation because, I mean, I don't know if there's anything in PR and school PR, especially that we do on a daily basis. that's more basic than what we've talked about for the last 25 minutes. I don't think there's anything. I, I don't think there's anyone who's listening to this who is in school PR. That's like, man, this episode doesn't relate to me. I don't do content. Like <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> so I just yeah, think that. And, and I have more. To- Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I have to say the the experience of podcasting has been absolutely phenomenal. I did radio um, when I was in high school for, I think my junior year and maybe a little bit of my senior year and getting back to doing that and being able to have conversations with people has just been amazing, particularly in this time of COVID where 
you know, it's, it's a, just a different way to be able to connect with people who are in the same industry and be able to learn from them. So it's been a lot of fun. I just think that, and I agree. I think this is, I I've enjoyed doing this show, you know, co-hosting with Aaron and just being able to talk to people who, you know, most of the people we've talked to, I've known for a while, but there's been times where the first time we log into the show is the first time we're getting to talk and just making those friends that way. And I think the more shows, the more podcasts that are popping up around the country like this, these two that we're talking about, uh, it's just better for the whole industry as a whole to hear from more people and more voices, like you said, are amplified. So um, also, I do want to give you a shot. You are doing something cool over on Clubhouse. If people are on Clubhouse, you are hosting the School PR Clubhouse chat still, correct? Yes, no? <laughs> yes, we took a couple weeks off just because my my last couple weeks at work have been a little bit insane. Um so we, we did take a couple weeks off from it, but if anybody is on clubhouse and anybody who's thinking of joining clubhouse, I do have some invites. So hit me up and I'm happy to share invites with any of our school PR folks. The, um, it's been a really fun platform. Um, I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. I'm actually a co-host in another, um, clubhouse room that happens every other Sunday about the topic of leadership and building, um, thriving workplaces. Um, I'm sometimes jump into rooms about streetwear and, and share some information about PR and storytelling with, um, folks who own streetwear fashion brands. And so it's just a really fun, innovative platform. And you get to be part of a lot of conversations that I think we wouldn't be able to have without something like that. And we do have a school PR club on Clubhouse. So feel free to join in. And we've been trying to do Thursday nights at around eight o'clock Eastern um, to just jump into a room and just talk about whatever's on your mind, ask any questions that you might have, get guidance on things that you're working on that maybe somebody else in the room has dealt with before. So it's sort of an informal thing, but I've been having a lot of fun with that platform. Awesome. So if someone wants to reach out to you to get one of those uh, clubhouse invites or just to continue this conversation or possibly, and I assume this will be what most want to do, ask for a link to see what your calendar looks like. Uh, what's the best way for them to contact you and get a hold of you, whether it's through social media or email or however you prefer? So anyone who wants to, and I am absolutely, you are correct, Justin, I am absolutely happy to share a sample of a, um, you know, a template of what my calendar looks like, but anyone who wants to, can reach out to me on Twitter. I am at KM Baumgartner and I'm also on clubhouse at KM Baumgartner. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Christina Baumgartner, and you can also email me. Um, my personal email is probably the best way to reach me. It's christina.baumgartner at gmail.com. And hopefully you put the spelling of my name in the show notes, Justin, because oh, yeah, I sure. know it's a doozy. And we will, uh, <laughs> if, and if, if you're cool with it, if you want to send me uh, a template of your calendar, because I need it anyways, and then I can subtweet it under the, the episode. So people have access to it right there. Maybe it'll save your inbox a little bit as well. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm always happy to jump on a zoom or, a phone call and talk people through any challenges that they're having with their content calendar or any questions that they have. Um, absolutely happy to do that anytime. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on with us today and just kind of hanging out and talking content. Um, I definitely will walk away with some things to add into some of the stuff we're doing. So I'm sure that the listeners as a whole will enjoy it and your Twitter will probably blow up after this comes out, hopefully. 
<laughs> well, thanks for having me, Justin. It was great to get to talk to you for a little bit. Well, there you have it. Another episode of School PR Happy Hour. I just want to say thanks again to Christina for jumping on today and talking about all things content and giving me so many great ideas to take back to my district. If you have an idea for a show to finish out season two, reach out to us on Twitter at SPR Happy Hour. Thanks for listening to School PR Happy Hour. My name's Justin Deering, and now let's go out there and be a little better at our jobs every day.